And welcome to Talk Story, we talk some topics and talk about it. Today, we we're, we're here with the crew, joined by our newest member of the Talk, talk Table. Everyone, welcome Morgan to the table. Go ahead and just, Nayana and Gary are here. And our, also, a, a very special guest is our pastor and friend, Mr. Pastor Rayford Johnson. Hello. <laughs> so, Morgan, go ahead and tell the audience about yourself and just... Okay, hi, my name is Morgan Rayford. I'm a sophomore. I'm a criminal justice major. I'm double minoring in political science and psychology, and I'm also part of the color guard at ETSU. So go Bucks. Rayford is your last name? Yes, my last name. That's my first name. So that's awesome. I like you already. <laughs> so uh, I guess about myself, I'm an ETSU graduate. I graduated in 1990 the first time with a degree in microbiology and biochem. And then I graduated with a degree in respiratory therapy. And I also have a master's in business from ETSU. So uh, go Bucks. I play football too, so I'm all in when it comes to ETSU. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. I'm excited for May. Yeah, I'm excited to see what this episode brings us, season brings us. Let's get into it. Season two, episode 13. Gary, you want to tell me you can just tap into What's up, y'all? My name is Gary. I'm ready for another episode of Toss Talk. We on season two. Um, it's going to be my last ever appearance, well, my last appearance until December, so I'll make every every little bit of it and make the best of it. I'm blessed to have Joel as a friend, so let's get into the episode. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> check in. So how, everybody, how's, how is everyone doing? The devil don't want me to talk today. How y'all doing today? You doing good? Blessed and sanctified. Mm -hmm. Let me stop uh, Let's see. Summer. How was your summer? Very great. Better than last year. Damn, what was wrong with last year? Uh, I was just doing my internship uh -huh. the whole time. It was just like, I was there almost every day. I was staying home as well. Morgan, how was your summer? Healing. A lot of healing. Blocking and deleting. Yeah, blocking, <laughs> deleting, <laughs> healing. <laughs> yeah. I never heard of that blocking, healing, deleting. I never heard of that one. Pastor? Oh, yeah, I had a great summer. <laughs> I traveled. I, so I traveled. I was in Honduras uh, on a mission trip. And anytime you go to Central America, it makes you uh, appreciate life a little bit more. Uh, helps you realize how blessed you really are. And you see how other people live in the world. So, um, my summer was good. Yeah, my summer was good. <laughs> my summer was good. I mean, it was my first summer here in Johnson City. It was my first summer in Johnson City. It was 
a summer. We'll say it was just a summer. Okay. If you have not heard, oh no, what y'all what are y'all grateful for? I'm sorry, I'm moving on to Ronse. What are y'all grateful for this week? Um, being on this episode. Family. Family. Yep. Mm. Having a voice. Oh, yeah. My mom, my friends, and my boyfriend. Okay. Um, I'm grateful for actually the time that my, I had with my cousins when they came to see me this weekend. I'm grateful for that time. It was just good to see my cousins and just it was like when I when I was when I'm with my family. It's like nothing else in the world matters, and it was just me and my family. We had a good time, so it was good to see them. Um, that's like what I'm grateful for this week. And if you have not heard, we're having another revival night November 4th at the Langston Center. For the first hour from 1230 to 2, we'll be having a fellowship hour, which means that's like just having a good time, getting some good food, and just talking. And just, we're going to emphasize that you talk to somebody that you don't know, one person at least. And just get to know people. And then our service starts at 2. So come on out, November 4th, and let's have a good time and let's praise God. Speaker will be Pastor Tommy Houston, and we'll have special guests that will be announced. <laughs> okay, Fandom, if you have not, if you've been voting on our page, you've voted for August. Ahmad Robinson is your Fandom on, and for the month of September, Ron Kale Jr. I think I said that right. Yeah, they both. Well, one of them received the gift of a free pizza for winning Fandom on. <laughs> Okay, with that being said, do y'all have any more questions, comments, concerns before I tap into the topic for the day? Okay, if y'all have more questions, I guess it's time to, can you, can you, Nayana, can you, can you say it with me? I guess it's time to what? And talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, if you have not seen it for today's topic, today's topic is pursuing holiness and purity, understanding how holy, holy, holy God is. So, I want to ask you a question. What is your definite, what do you think of, what it comes to mind when you think of holiness and purity? Mm, I think of a baby. Mm. Baby. Mm. In a sense. Mm. Like a sense of like renewing yourself. Because I feel like not necessarily every person has such of a pure soul. So I feel like it's like cleaning your room. Like you clean your room to get all the bad stuff out. And then to like refresh for the new thing. So that's what I feel like purity is. Like cleansing yourself. You, you said the stuff. You said the stuff I was going to say. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, I say it's like, you know, you know, it's like that pep talk when your mom tell you like, Get yourself together, or she gonna make you. She gonna she gonna like whoop you or something like that. You know, you know, you know. She's telling you get you get your mind straight. You know. Yeah. I I think when I think of holiness, purity, I think of something like, I think of like a. I think of like you said, cleaning your room, but also in some sense, I think of being like you said, being made new, and like I kind of think of a scripture where where uh and it's Isaiah. It's verse 18, but I, I think it's chapter 40, 42, if not, correct me if I'm wrong. But it said, Behold, I will do something new. And I feel, I, I feel like with holiness and purity, God is making us new and like cleaning us out. So, like, you know, letting, like, like a water filter, like pushing, pulling out the, the pull, pulling out just good water in us and letting the bad water go out into the drain. 
and that's what I feel like holiness and purity is an everlasting thing that doesn't stop. Just because it's, it's makes, let's say you start your Christian journey at 20, it doesn't just stop when you're 25. It just go, it's a goal that we go on through life, through our whole life. That's what I feel like. Anybody else want to tap in? Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. Like I feel like as we go through life, we always go through phases. Like we, you know, we have new friend groups, we have new relationships. So I feel like in the end, it's like we're still cleansing ourselves. It's like a sponge. You soak it up. You have some all this water in it, and then you gotta let it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, cause it's like when we go through these phases, we become heavy until we learn to cleanse ourselves and make ourselves right with ourselves and God. Oh, sometimes I feel like oh, I can't get right with God, but you know we're not perfect. So, <laughs> can't get right. <laughs> but it's a process. God will take you where you are, but you have to be willing to meet Him somewhere. You know, and do all the work. And that's one thing I've learned. I had to learn it the hard way. That I just thought that if God is me where I am, I just stay right here. But I actually gotta, you know, do something a little bit. At least put out some effort to invite Him in. So, Pastor, you got anything you want to say? Um, I think of a lot of things. Um, I, I guess in my mind, I think of what holiness is not. And it is not the way you dress, you know. It is not um, a lot of the things that uh, I was taught it was growing up, right? So I was taught it was, you know, kind of how you dressed and uh, wore a suit and, and you didn't wear makeup if you were a, a woman. Uh, and so those things made you holy. Um, but when you look at scripture, that really has nothing to do with holiness. Um, to me, the definition of holiness is really around um, um, determination to set myself apart unto God. Uh, it's, it's me taking on an attitude and a heart and a mindset that says I'm fully committed, I'm all in. Um, because, you know, when we, when we come to be Christians... Sometimes people come in and they, they're kind of testing the water, right? And they kind of put their foot in, and but they don't really get fully immersed. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think holiness um, and purity for me uh, is a heart condition. So I think of the heart. Um, I mean, the Bible does say that um, it's the pure in heart that will see God. It's uh, that we should guard our heart. Um, because out of it flows the issues of life. And so I think um, you can't have it really have a pure heart and, and have a bad life. Does that make sense? I think if you, uh, uh, you put garbage in, you get garbage out, right? Mm-hmm. I think holiness is that simple. say like you got to be mindful of the things you do and the things you say around people because like end up saying the wrong thing you're gonna like make people think yeah that's that person I don't want to be with because all those things you know but at the end of the day we're not perfect you know some things we have to work on and some things that we have to like okay um, we gotta like work on you got but you gotta work on some stuff in order for you to have like what God wants you to be, you know. So that's my my two cents on this. My two cents. My two cents. I'm just playing. Um, yeah, I was. I, I was. I mean, I, 
at some point in my life, I'm sure I've, I've taught on this, and so I went back and looked at some of the scriptures that, um, so there's a scripture in Deuteronomy 14, uh, and in verse 2 it says, For thou art the holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself uh, above all the nations that are upon the earth. And so uh, when I think of that passage, I think of not necessarily having to prove myself to people. I think one thing that Christians do a lot of times is they feel like they have to prove everything to everybody. When uh, you're, you're not living your life unto other people, um, I'm separating myself unto God, and I'm trying to follow Him. And if someone else sees something in my life that they can use or that it, that you know attracts them or blesses them, then praise God. But that's not the only reason that I'm doing it. That's not the only. I'm I'm fully committed to God. That is my intent. Uh, my intent is to try to please God with my life because he's the one that's called me to live a certain type of life. And I'm trying to please him. And so I don't have anything to prove to other people. I think sometimes Christians have this chip on their shoulder, right? And you get offended by everything that everybody else says about you or what you... Who cares, right? I'm doing this as unto the Lord, and as long as God is pleased with my life, if I can please God with my life, I'm sure there are some other people that can use something that I'm, that, that I'm producing, that I'm giving, that I'm sharing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not that we put pressure on ourselves to be holy and pure, and, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm simply trying to live a life that pleases God. I'm trying to do the right thing, right? And as I'm learning and growing and developing a heart for God, I, I'm praying that God is pleased with it, right? And I'm not I'm trying to argue with you and prove to you I'm, you know, I ain't this or that, you know? I mean, do you understand? I mean, is that yeah, not true? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Because I could say people pleasing was something I still, I still find myself falling into sometimes. Yeah. Like trying to, caring so much what other people think and like what, what, I'm, what I'm doing. And I, I, I kind of, in some sense, idolize what people thought over what God thought. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no person that really matter is God because at the end of the day, I can I can care what they think, but at the end of the day, when I when I when I die and my time goes and I go upstairs, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to have a personal encounter with God, not just mm -hmm. me and all the people that I was weighing on and care about their opinion. I'm gonna have to have my own personal encounter, and I'm gonna have to answer for the things I said I did. Yeah, and no more shoulda, coulda, woulda after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this this other passage, then, if I talk too much, you tell me to shut up. <laughs> I, 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 I will. I will. But I love this stuff, man. I, I, but First Thessalonians is another passage of scripture that that I read, and it says, "Furthermore, um, then we beseech you, brother, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more." So the goal is not. For me to tell people what to do, but to demonstrate for them how they ought to live, right? If they see me doing something and, and, and see me pleasing God with my walk, um, that that's all that's that's all this is about. Stop not be putting my finger in your face and telling you, 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 you know. Yeah. And since well, we know that the commandments, uh, that, that uh, we know the commandments Jesus gave us, and this is the will of God, even the sanctification that should abstain. From fornication when we talk about um, uh, holiness and purity uh, one of the things that comes to just about everybody's mind is sex right 
Uh, and so he says, abstain from fornication. We are Christians, uh, and we should live by a different standard. I mean, let's be honest, right? Is this too real? No, you got it. We got it. Yeah, you take it. Yeah, you should abstain from sin, right? And fornication, any sexual activity outside of marriage, according to what the Bible teaches us, uh, does not please God. And he says, for every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification. Uh, that he has given us a power to stand and do the thing that he's called us to do. I think the problem that we have sometimes is that uh, we don't filter the things that come into our mind and into our thinking and into our heart. We just allow anything in and it causes us to want things and, and pursue things that are not sanctified, that are not set apart unto God, right? And so it's a, it's a hard thing sometimes, right? Um, I, I can say I'm a person, I'm a witness to opening up my mind and my heart to things that do not please God. And in some sense, like, I can't even personally about this, and I've talked about this on the podcast, yeah. about my dealings with being, tra like, trapped in watching for It's not something I'm still over with. It's still something I'm still, I still struggle with. Yeah. I'm still tempted by. But it, it's, it became a point where I was just trying to please my flesh. And it was like, you can't please your flesh. Because it was just like, I was doing it just so my Kill you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it just so my flesh could, like, so I was doing it so my flesh could shut up and I could have peace. And I felt like I was just hounding at me. I tried to do it so, I, so my flesh could shut up and I could have peace. But I realized I was just temporary. It was just a temporary temporary peace and temporary satisfaction. Because that urge would continue and come back and come back and come back. And, I just, and, and the more I acted into it, I noticed the more it got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And as I had to get take the authority, God gave me to be stronger over it. And that's what I feel like holiness is. I know we're not perfect. And I feel like God gave us authority over things that are unpure to be, to be pure in it. You kind of, 1 Thessalonians, I kind of like flipped something in there. I was looking through 1 Thessalonians, and I was going to use, I wanted to use the whole chapter, but that's a lot of, not, yeah. not a lot of reading, but like the, the, the like the first part of it, like 1 Thessalonians 1, but like the thir the verse 3 where it talks about, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, you should be avoid sexual morality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a, in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust, like peg like the pagans, I think I said that, pagans? Yeah. Pagans, who do not know God, and that in this matter, no one should, no one should wrong, take it, or take advantage of a brother or sister. And I was thinking about self-control, and I was, I was like, self-control is on this person's spirit, and I was like, and this was like, you gotta have, gotta have control. I gotta, you know, learn about control and let God have control, because I want, I want to be in control of it. And I realized I can't be in control. That's another thing about living in the life. You have to, I can't. That's another thing I don't like. I like being in control and learning that I can't be in control. It was like a, I was like, it's like something was ripped out of me. I like, it was like something that was ripped out of me because I just really need to just be in control. And I have to like micromanage it and I'm working on it. It's still something I'm working on. And I, sometimes I understand I got to sit back and let God be God. Yeah. Sorry, I had to catch myself. <laughs> I think, I mean, all of these, these scriptures are important, um, but even verse 5, so, so I read from the King James because it's the way I memorized the Bible, uh, was, so the phrase was, uh, uh, evil concupiscence, <laughs> right, I was like, what in the world is that, I remember reading it as a teenager, but I think one of the things we've got to also recognize is that God has not given us um, 
a, a command and then not give us the power to walk in it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So God is not asking us to give up stuff and to, to take on other things without a power and without um, the, uh, the authority, as you said, um, to, to do it. Right? I think most people have this perception that when you become a Christian, that for the rest of your life you just fight uh, wanting to do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think really when you're, you have a serious heart change mm -hmm. uh, and your heart really is changed, you don't want certain things anymore. There are just some things I don't want to do and I don't want to be a part of. I don't need them anymore, right? Because I'm different on the inside. And so uh, nobody has to talk me out of sin. I don't want it, right? And um, I think sometimes we, we forget that we are, we've been made new, right? We have different desires. We have a different mindset, you know? But sometimes we just get caught up with what's going on that we just kind of get in the flow with everybody else. And we forget um, the core of who we are. Does that make sense? Anybody? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say that also, I would also like, like tap in and say like things we get distracted by is I feel like on, our, on this walk, I've noticed that some people don't actually have more relationship with God, and they just say, "Oh, the Bible says don't don't steal." I just, I just don't steal, but you just you just do what the Bible says that I have a relationship with God, mm. and it's it, it makes me think about like how I notice some people do it just for the religious part and not the not the actual you know because I actually want to do not, I actually want want to follow God and you know live a God, life that pleases Him because I know like the Bible talks about how not, not yeah the Bible talks about how. People will be, you know, be lovers of their, their own self and do their own self. And mm -hmm. I've learned that it's about, you know, like like you said, I think you said this Sunday, it's, it's about God, mm -hmm. and it's not about me. I, I thought about that saying less less of me and more of Him, and it's more of also a protect. If you think about that saying, it's also more of a protection because we live we live in a world that is so unholy and so unclean. So we need more of Him and less of us to be to be protected and walk this entire life. And like. You know, it's hard sometimes to live through the Bible and you live through God because, like, you know, there's so many challenges that God um, gives us. And some days it's like, like, um, we think we got it, but next thing you know, when life starts hitting, it's like, okay, yeah, no, we ain't got this. But <laughs> yeah. But that's more important to keep going to God instead of going to other things because God can help you get out, get through all that stuff. So I feel like even having any type of holiness or purity relationship is key because you have to be able to talk to God like, God, how do I, what is my next step? How do I take this next step? And he will probably throw a scripture. That's why it's also important to, I would say, read the Bible. It's, reading the Bible is still something I'm disciplined myself on. I'm getting better at it. But this is something I'm disciplined. I found that I do devotionals every every day. It helps me to get get more into the Bible, and that's why I'm saying relationship is key. And once you like build that relationship, you, your desires start to change. Like you said, your desires start to change, and you start to want something. Cause God could like literally snap us into slaves, but He doesn't want slaves. God gives us free will. Doesn't want slaves. He wants people to, that's willingly wanting to serve Him. Cause I think it's something more beautiful when you willingly want to serve Him, and you and just you know you, you just would so to do it. Let me tell you when when I was when I was like 
y'all's age, <laughs> right? Now, you know, when I was in college, I um, I wanted to live safe, and I did for the most part. Um, I mean, I wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I remember I was in the gospel choir, and um, we would take trips and go to choir competitions in Atlanta and you know different places. And I remember um, being in a choir stand. I don't even remember where the church was. Um, we were on our way back from Atlanta. We stopped at this church for a worship service to sing. And um, uh, it was it was like, you know, the Spirit of God just kind of took over the service, right? And people just were worshiping and crying and, you know, I mean, everybody in the church and in the choir stand. And I, I, I felt the Lord, I felt this impression in my heart that God was saying to me, um, this is this is this is what I want you to do, you know, um, and I was like, God, so what is that? Um, and what He was saying to me was, um, people um, come into this walk with 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 God from so many different directions, right? And they come with so much baggage, and some people don't even come with baggage. Some people just come with, you know, funny thinking, you know. Uh, and it's just contrary, right? But the worst thing we can do as a body, as, as Christians, is to point the finger at them and tell them how bad they are, right? And so the same thing is with us, right? I think one of the things I deal with m the most as a pastor when I'm dealing with Christian folks um, is the fact that most Christian folks walk around guilty condemned because they feel like they're not good enough and they can't please God. And I think it's a trick of the devil um, because if the enemy can't keep you from getting saved and coming into relationship with God, what he wants to do then is he wants to keep you from being effective. And I think the number one way he does it is through condemnation because you made a mistake or you messed up somewhere and that guilt never leaves and you're always have this reaffirmation that you ain't worth nothing. And the enemy keeps on beating you and then everybody else tells you about your mistakes and so on and so on. And so people walk around guilty. They're saved, they love the Lord, but they can't get out of their own way because of the guilt. Does that make sense? Yeah. Romans chapter eight. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I think we forget that we are in Christ as you were saying. When we come to relationship with God, we take on his identity and we can lose our own. And I think that's the beauty of relationship with God is that it's not my identity anymore. I've taken on his. And so my past doesn't have to be my future. My past doesn't even have to define my future. It's I'm in Christ now. I'm different. Right? And so it's, you know, he begins to talk to us about the things that are of the flesh and the things that are of the spirit. If we give ourselves to the things of the Spirit, we'll, we'll please God. But if we give ourselves to the things of the flesh, we'll continue to be condemned. Right? And so he says, I, you know, one of my pastor friends said it to me, this, says it to us a lot this way. He says, it depends on which dog you feed. Right? If you got two dogs and you feed one well and you don't feed the other one, one of them's going to get bigger and stronger. Right? Which one do you feed the most? Do you feed your flesh or do you feed your spirit? 
And that's where the disciplines of reading the Bible, prayer, fellowship with other believers, going to church, all those things become important because I'm trying to feed my spirit. I'm trying to feed something that's going to give me life, not something that's going to hold me in a place of bondage. I think that all ties back into what really is holiness and purity. It's relationship with God. It really is. I'm sorry. I don't mean to preach at you, but no, you're fine. It was like more conversation. I thought you were screaming and you were preaching. <laughs> but love us. But I was okay. I lost my train. But oh, I was gonna say that when it comes to when it comes to also kind of homeless, I also think of like sorry, my my head hurts. Okay, I also think of. I was asked, I asked my auntie a question. I was asked her what is like purity and like holism means to her, and she she gave she gave me an example and she gave me um she gave me an example and she gave me some, a scripture out of uh, Hebrews and she gave me gave me a scripture out of Hebrews and she had told me and she was telling me like we could to look for that look for the we look to look the example that Jesus said like Jesus was tempted by every sin and especially said in Luke four especially how he was tempted by the devil and I think it was. Look for, if I'm not mistaken, he was tempted by the devil, and Jesus was tempted by every sin in the book. But yet, he never, he never like he never he never fell into it. He never sinned, and that's 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 what you know. We're not going to be perfect. We're not. That's we're not going. We're not going. Of course, we're going to sin. We're going to fall. But I feel like when we fall, God. That's why God has grace is there. He gives us strength to get back up. And we feel our spirit. We get stronger, so that this sin is a stranger to me. And then when I go across life in some some other type of way of seeing tries to come my way. I know how to handle it. If I fall, I know how to handle it again because I've used the set. I've been here and I've done this before. And I know how to get in a relationship. I know how to fix this. And we look to God for who set the example to flee from the devil, to cast him out and rebuke him. And he will flee from us. You know, he's going to try everything he has in his book. Every flash chick. So, and, uh, so, so you said, you know, the, the scripture says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes it's just the fact that you're willing to stand. You know? I mean, you think, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, I, but if you think about people who go through difficult times, when we go through difficult times, this really defines who you are. It's not when things are great. I mean, everybody, if things are great and everything is working perfectly in your life, I mean, you have no troubles. I mean, anybody can live that life, right? We all can do that very easily. True. But it's when you go through tough times. It's when you go through difficulty. It's when you go through failures. It's when you go through the stupid times in life. That's really what defines who you are, is how do you react in the difficulty, right? That's where you have to really depend and start to pull on what, what God has spoken to you and, and what the Bible really says. And, I mean, if God has promised to give us a way of escape, then where is it when I'm going through difficult times? That's the time I need to pull on God and, and, and figure out who I, if I'm going to be right, if I'm going to be holy, if I'm going to set myself apart, I need to do it in the difficult times. Because anybody can do it when the times are good. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I'm that note. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that break for my very own um, name. Whoever it was, I hope you enjoyed the commercial. I hope it was very good. You know, you, you know, download Anchor and get what you need. 
It's the easiest way to use a podcast. Uh-uh. That's what the... Okay. That's what the commercial says. It's the easiest way to use a podcast. Download Anchor today. Today. It's free. Free, 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 free. Free. Double free, free. And you never heard of double free. Because it's that free. Yes, it is. They love it. They love it. And I love it, too. Okay, on a serious note, I'm sorry, I ain't got a goofy mood, let me tap back into it. Okay, Morgan, how are you feeling? I feel good. I definitely, like, understand what he's saying, um, especially because it's, like, I think the reason why a lot of us as Christians don't feel like we're doing enough is because we're never forgiving ourselves. Because I went through, you know, I went through a hard time last summer and last year, and I, you know, and everyone was like, Morgan, how did you make it? I'm surprised you had a breakthrough, you know? I'm surprised, like, you didn't, you know, you was upset, and I was like, God. <laughs> that is all I gotta say is God got me through that, you know, because I had really rough times over the summer, and I just really thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I was like, God doesn't want me to be in this state of mind that I'm in. Like, I know that I deserve better as a person. You know, he doesn't want us to be unhappy. He doesn't want us to be sad. He wants us to forgive ourselves just as he has forgiven us. And I think a lot of people don't understand that because it's like, you know, all throughout the Bible, God talks to everybody. He talks to the sinners. He talks to the losers. He talks to the woman by the well. And it's like he forgives those people. He forgives us. So why can't I forgive myself? And I think that's the most hardest battle I think that anybody can ever get over. And I have to do that. I'm still forgiving myself for allowing some things. (laughs) So I just think that in turn that as Christians, like we have to learn that we have to love and accept who we are and while taking accountability for our actions and our past actions so we can change the way our future is. I like the way you said that. Um, God never promised that um, as Christians we won't go through the storm. So therefore, um, sometimes we put ourselves through the storm of acts of free will. Uh, and we do it to ourselves sometimes, but at the same time, God is never going to lay his, take his hands off of you. So therefore, like, just trust him through the storms. Um, and the guidelines he sets out in the Bible, sometimes we can avoid it. Um, you're complaining that you have, quote unquote, a baby mama now, but you were the one that had the sex before marriage. Um mm-hmm you're there's millions of other things um you're kind of beating yourself up and depressed because you have an alcohol addiction but you know you know what the bible says about it and so therefore a lot of times we put ourselves in the position but at the same time god is still there god is still there Tapping, come Guys watching. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're a horrible host. <laughs> I'm just I thought I was the best in the nation. <laughs> gonna shame you in the talk. <laughs> Okay, I can say this. I, when you said something about love, I was thinking about how we don't have love and we're trying to face out the God. Like, you know, that's where in the Bible says we don't have love, we don't have anything. And also being like God, because the whole, whole instinct of purity is being more like God. And being like God is loving the way you would. And I've talked about it all the time. 
it's still a process because there are some people that just don't know how to tolerate it and I'm still learning and it's something I've learned and it's I know God is working because it was once somebody said something to me I, I know I don't like I used to not like them but I just said okay thank you have a good day and it was just the most nutritious response and I thought I was gonna say something else I was gonna say you look here you look dot 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 <laughs> but I did say it. I said something else and I noticed that you know if you we, we have to love the way God will we have to respond the way God would and let God lead our responses. And I, I think that, you know, that was old school saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? So sometimes I find my situation, I think, about, what would Jesus do? If somebody, if somebody says something crazy to me, what would Jesus do? And I think about, what would Jesus do? And I know Jesus would love that person despite their, you know, despite everything that's going on. And I learned to follow him as well. We look at people by their sins. And, not, and their mistakes and not that they're actually human just like me and I'm, I'm learning to give people some of the same grace God's given me because I've messed up against God I've sinned against God and I've done some things some questionable things and I've even like I would say I've argued well it was me really arguing I was arguing with God but it was really me doing really, really me doing the arguing and I was so I was just saying when we love like God and do like God we should pour into others the same way God is pouring into us and the only way I can do that is being in relationship with him and you know, following his way. That's what I got to say. Anybody else? That's something to say. Well, I like the way you went and said, like, what would Jesus do? And, like, I learned so far this summer is that in order to feel like that, you have to have an inner peace within yourself. And it's like the one thing I've learned is, like, if you ask, you receive it. And I, this summer, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to write down all the things that I want and that I would like to happen this this upcoming semester and so far that's what I have and I was like you know what it's because I found inner peace within myself and accepted the things that's happened and decided to just move on and to forgive and to forget and to just not allow those things back in my life and when those things do come about just be like like you said what would Jesus do how do I respond to that how do I go about it you know how do I control my thoughts so to not relapsing back into that same state of negativity and to just allow more positive um, people around me and to allow more positive things and just places and environments around me it's a blessing when you get to that season in life I know uh, for me uh, I'm sure a lot of other people um, I've prayed and prayed for a, a lot of things that have occurred in my life or past occurred in my life and um, whenever you really put your head down and work with God and just enjoy the season that you're in, just enjoy what's going on in your life, six months down the road, a year down the road, you're like, I did ask for that, didn't I? And you're living in it, and you're just like, wow, thank you. Like, thank you. Like, you almost feel like you forget to, like, give thanks because you don't even realize, like, you was begging for this six months ago. You was praying for this a year ago, and now you're living in it. But at the same time, you wasn't. You were chasing God and not chasing the thing, and therefore, you whenever you're living in it, you don't even like. You just realize like, oh, I've been chasing you for the past six months. You just <laughs> gave me what I what I was asking for. So. It's it's a blessing. Sneaky first, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say something. That's like a 
No, I mean, he's describing what the scripture says. Seek ye first, you know, God and his righteousness. And there you go, and all these things will be added to you. Um, I think we complicate the Christian life. Um, I think if, if we're going to really walk in, um, as we're talking about holiness and purity, holiness and purity is not something that you go and pick up, you know, at church. You know, um, it, it comes through relationship. It comes through spiritual disciplines like learning how to pray. Spend time in the presence of the Lord. You know, it's prioritizing my mornings. You know, setting my heart, you know, before God early in the morning, before everything else happens. It's setting, it's setting the tone for my life and doing what, what I know is right on a consistent basis. That's how I maintain holiness. That's how I maintain righteousness in my life. Um, it's, a, it's a state of being. It's, a, it's not just an understanding, right? It's, it's being all in. Sanctification or holiness is being set apart. That's, that's the, you look up the word in the Hebrew or the, or the Greek, both of them talk about separation. Putting myself in a place that God is going to be pleased with with my living, right? And how do I do that? Prayer, studying the word, fellowship with other believers, things we all know to do, but we don't always practice. And, you know, we get too comfortable or, yeah, um, sometimes rely on our own understanding, um, definitely, definitely our own understanding, get mm. comfortable with where you are. It's like the bed can be comfortable when you want to get up and get comfortable in that position and you want to move. God cares less about us being comfortable and more about growing our character and growing us spiritually and through him. Um, and oftentimes I learn, like, even like, we get discouraged in our life because sometimes we get discouraged sometimes and we have to reevaluate our motives. Like, why, what am I living for? Am I living for myself and my own selfish desires? I'm living for somebody else? Am I living for God? And I had to ask myself that question, like, what is my motive? I ask myself this a lot, because the scripture about, you know, you know, questioning your motives, I ask myself, what is my motive about anything I'm doing, anything, anything, like, I question myself, like, what's in the Bible, what's, what's my motive, like, what's my goal? Is it by God or for myself? And I, and I know you, you have the accountability, asking yourself these questions, I ask myself these questions a lot. And I be, look, I be looking at myself, like, God, reveals me my, my motives, if I have any selfish, self-ambition, self self Self-desired motives, bitterness motives, motives just that doesn't fit what that aligns with you, or even just your plan for my life. It, it could be it could be something good, but it could not, it could be not God's plan for your life to pursue this motive or pursue this next step. And that's how your motive behind it is not God's intention for you. And I've learned that sometimes I'll walk into I walk into I walk into a path that's good, but it's not God ordained path that he wants me to walk on and it's not what he really wants me to do but it's something I want and that I get comfortable I, because I've been too comfortable where I am and I've leaned into my own understanding and now I have drifted off in some sense God's still with me but I've drifted off and now I got now now God now things are now I gotta figure out how to get back on the path I gotta, I gotta talk to God because now I'm just walking and I'm sitting over here waiting on God and God waiting on me yeah, we all been comfortable with sin, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get to a place you get comfortable with the mess you're in. And that's a dangerous place to be. Right. One thing I like to learn, especially 
I've been I'm watching, listening to a lot of videos on YouTube and just hearing people talk about the scene they've been caught into and like just, just what they've gone through, like hearing people's story and hearing what they've gone through. A lot of times, some, some, most scenes, most scenes people use, they use them as voids, voids in their lives that they're missing, which really should be God. That's using us, maybe using, people use them as voids because it's so common in our world. And so, I guess, especially in our generation, I would say sin is more normalized. Yeah, it's definitely normalized more than, I mean, I talk about this all the time with old people, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't do that when we were young. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, normalized, it's normalized, and we've, our generations found ways to excuse it. Um, it's it's kind of wild with the stuff that we've came up with to excuse uh, some of the sins that, uh, you know, we all do. But, um, yeah. Especially the church does it too. So uh, let's be honest. I'm a pastor, right? And the church does it too. Um, one of the things I have learned to hate is, is uh, playing the game, so to speak. So uh, I, I kind of become, you know, I hang out with a bunch of bunch pastor friends, but uh, I become an unorthodox pastor. I could care less what you wear to church. I couldn't care less whether you are this or that or what color your hair is. I, I really don't care. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to know what's really going on on the inside, right? Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you feel loved? Do you feel validated? Do you feel like life is worth living, you know? Those things become more important than the external, right? But if we continue in the path that religion is taking us, we'll still, we'll miss it. We'll miss meeting the needs of people that we bump into every day because we're looking for some thing out here to define it as holy. There's, uh, excuse me if I can. No, it's fine. Uh, for, there's some people that dress like that just because they didn't even want to go to church in, this, in the first place. And then there's some people that dress like that, we all know because for right now in the situation they're in, uh, this is just an example. We're talking about just dress. Right. Um, the position they're in, they just have to dress like that. Um, the pants with the holes is the only pants. They, in their mind, or in their wardrobe, that's the best pair of pants they had, even right. though they had holes in them. And um, you looking in the inner um, as a pastor is the reason why your church is growing. Um, it's the reason why Michael Todd's church is growing. It's the reason why Stephen Furtick's church is growing because there is people out there. Um, I know it's more of a traditional thing to go to church now in our generation, but there's also still people in our generation that want to go to church. They just don't know how to. Um, how they're going to be received how they're going to be received. Yeah. And for the pastors uh, like you as such that receive them as they are, those that's the reason why churches uh, churches like yours are being blessed with over flooding, over flooding. And um, it's great. I know this is off topic, but we're going to have to have a conversation with this Mike Todd thing. I think he's going to say that. Listen, so I'm not willing to sit here and have a conversation about another pastor. I'm just not. But, uh, but I think the point is, is that we, um, it's just time for us to stop playing the games, right? People are dying. People are committing suicide at record heights. I mean, and, and you may be having a conversation with the dead person today 
and tomorrow they kill themselves. I mean, that is a reality in our world, you know? And so if we continue on doing the things we've done and people are killing themselves, I mean, it's, I don't think God is pleased. I don't think God is pleased because we're happy because we have a church and we, we, we're comfortable, right? We're comfortable just with our us and our four and no more type of mentality. Um, I think we're called to reach the world. We are, as Christians, are called to love people, even in them and through their hell, right? Because we all have been there. <laughs> right? We all have been in dark places. Some of us created our own darkness. You know? And so I, I, I'm just, I'm just have a, of a mindset that um, I, I can't judge a person um, by what I mean, you know, there's so many labels today, right? I mean, there's a label for everything mm-hmm. from sexual orientation to race uh, to I mean, some people are defined by uh, the pet that they have and the car they drive, and yeah, I mean, some people are I mean, I mean they're defined by the the clothes they wear and mm-hmm. the jewelry that they possess, and I mean, and and who they're associated with and which club they belong to and. I mean, it's it's crazy. And so people find identity in a lot of things, and what they find out eventually is that it's empty. And when they find this emptiness, they don't know what to do with it, right? Yes, sir. And they find themselves in a dark place, and we give them all kind of diagnosis of depression and anxiety and yada, 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 and we give them a medication, and we give them all of this stuff. And I'm not against medication. I'm not against people getting treatment. I'm not against counseling. I go to counseling myself, you know. But, I mean, where does the la- where all the labels end and we get to the healing, right? I think that's where the church wins. Is we have something to offer that actually brings healing. Brings help and wholeness. And it gives people something that they can't find anywhere else. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I found that in my relationship with God. I have peace in my life, you know? And it's not defined about how much money I have or who I'm hanging with. It's an internal peace. It's a peace I have because I have a relationship with God. Sorry, you guys invited me. I'm sorry. This is the purpose. Uh, <laughs> I could just say I feel like labels labels equal cover up. Yeah. You're covering up what you know. That's a good way of saying it. Perfectly. Covering up what you don't want the world to see about you. Right. The real, the real you. Cause I, I never, even when I was younger, I was afraid to get real with myself and get real with God. And I learned to be a relationship with God. You got to get a hundred percent, a thousand percent real. Mm-hmm. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't fake sugarcoat it. You can't cane sugarcoat it. You can't. Wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? What? <laughs> like I'm saying, I'm, huh? I'm naming all the different types of sugar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't sugarcoat a relationship. More brown sugar, whatever. Brown sugar, yeah, you can't okay. white sugar, you can't uh-huh. yellow sugar, whatever type of sugar there are. Uh, it's another type of sugar I'm forgetting, but you can't... <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't pound cake. And you can't vinegar vinegar it either. Some people try to make their life <laughs> they define themselves by being that bitter person. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know a person that that's that's how they want to be known as the one that's got the attitude. And then, you know, and they hide behind it. 
They really do. It's a defense mechanism. It is. Yeah. You don't have to let anybody in because nobody wants to come in. Yeah. I ain't worth nothing anyway. And when you really sit down, I mean, as a, as a pastor, I get the privilege sometimes when people come to the end of their rope, so to speak. You know, they want to talk to a pastor. And that's a great thing. I, I'm, I mean, I love it. Um, because all I'm going to do is love them, right? And I'm going to try to pull out of them what they already know. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to connect them with the love of God. That's all I'm going to do. But to hear people talk about, and it's usually the hard ones that are the most vulnerable, right? The ones that have been hurt by so many people, right? And they become bitter against life. I mean, we all, I've been there, right? Um, but we all, I mean, the cover-up. You know, the clothes people wear and, you know, and what they choose and what label they put on themselves. I mean, a lot of it is a cover-up. I, I, I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. Made this way every day in my life. It's all good. I don't need nobody. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I definitely need you. <laughs> and I, I put up, a, well, Nick and me personally, I put up a cover in my life then. I, pers- I put up a cover like everything was all good. And then I didn't, I even put up a front, and it's dumb, but it's true. I even put up a, a front with God. Like, you know, that I, you know, I'm good. I'm good, God. I don't really need anything right now. And what's the real fact is, God knew that I, what, what I really needed. God knew. He, I just need to say it. And it needed to actually happen where it got to the point where I just completely, like, I'm not, I didn't lose my sanity, but I definitely, like, burst out of anger. And it was just like all these emotions that I bought it up just came running out. And I'm not going to lie, after that, after I had a bit of the battle, I felt good. <laughs> I released something. I felt like I released something. And it was it was a release, but I learned that this ain't need to happen again because this ain't healthy. Number one, it ain't healthy. Number two, it's not right because if I put up the front my entire life, eventually this my front end days will come to an end. And when you, when you get to God, you're exposed, cause right. God sees everything. And they're saying like you've been you've been wait, you've been waiting on God, and God been waiting on you. I know that's a lot of things I've been asking for my life. God been waiting on me to make a move and actually get to work instead of just depending on, on to uh, he, you know he wants to depend on him, but I gotta do some work too. It's partnership, yeah. right? Yeah, partnership. I have to actually like want a change because mm-hmm. even when I was. Even when I was doing certain things, like addictive, actively, actively watching certain things that wasn't of God, I have to at some point to get, break away from it. You have to acknowledge that you actually like it. That you, their flesh actually enjoys it in some sense. You have to acknowledge that, or I didn't want to acknowledge that, and that's the one thing I was going to front. I want, I didn't want to acknowledge that, and I didn't want to acknowledge that. And it, and it, it and the reason I didn't is because I didn't want to seem like I was, you know, that broken and that vulnerable, but really, we're all, we're all really somehow cracked in some sense. But God can really just heal us. And yeah, God can really just heal us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's, like, just fill our cracks with, and it just heals us, and we, we become whole. And a lot of times people live their lives just completely cracked, and they never get, they never get healed. And, and, and God is like, I, I never. I'm gonna talk about this publicly, but I actually wrote a song, and I haven't released it yet. And me and Nay are working on a video for it, and we're gonna get it recorded in October. 
maybe the latest December, and it's called God's Calling You Home. And some of the lyrics said, you've been waiting on God, God been waiting on you. And it was like, God's calling you home. And I thought about how, you know that, you know that scripture in, not scripture, it's that old song you sing in church. My, my mom's church was singing, because I wanted to, but my mom was Baptist, and my, my mom and my granny was Baptist, and my grandmother was Methodist. So I mainly attracted one of my granny's church. It was just, my granny and my mom's church was Baptist. And they would sing this at every, every altar call. It was like, well, it was a song, I have decided to follow Jesus, the world behind me. The world behind me, the cross before me. And I was thinking, God, I thought about that song. I thought about how I was living my life. I was living life with the world to the left of me and God to the right of me. And I realized I can't do both. I had to pick one. And God was telling me to readjust my life. And then I need to actually get in, get in his presence and get a relationship and come actually home to God. Because that's where our actual home is. Because, you know, this earth is not. This earth will perish and be destroyed eventually. But God is our everlasting home. And that's kind of why I just, I was just literally like playing. I Sometimes I like go, I just play with like instrumentals. And I just literally just came with a bunch of lyrics and I wrote it down my notes. And it was just like, literally just like flowing off my tongue. I knew, I knew it wasn't me because it was like, it was just too quick. I'm not that, I never come with lyrics that quick ever in my life. And it's the only song I ever wrote lyrics that quick too. And it's called God's Calling You Home. And just stay, I guess stay tuned for that. God's Calling You Home. He's calling. When you pick up the phone, he's dialing. God's waiting on you. He's waiting. God's, 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 God's waiting at the door. He's, God's waiting on you. He's waiting. Will you answer the door? He's knocking. There, God. Yeah. And it spoke to me because, like, God's always trying to get my attention. Oh, all of our attention, not just my attention. God, all our attention is to get in right with Him because we all need Him. And also, it's something you need that you need someone. Anybody else got any comments they want to say? Do y'all feel like we tapped to the very end? Or y'all got more juice to squeeze? Are y'all empty? <laughs> I'm just making sure are we empty on juice or are we full on juice? Are we still got a little juice left? Are we empty? Huh? Sounds like we're empty. So let's go ahead and go with takeaways. <laughs> Okay, some takeaways. How do you feel like each one of us can be more intentional about how we serve God? Can we restate the question? How can we be more intentional about pursuing after the Holy Ghost? God, God, we serve. Sorry, I missed that part. How can we be more intentional about pursuing after the Holy God we serve? How do you feel like y'all can we can be more intentional? That's a takeaway question, and then we can talk about our takeaways, and we can leave, and y'all can go home and go to bed. Just that in the sentence, intentional, do everything intentional. Some people just pray just because it's just what they do. They just read one day in the Bible, you're supposed to pray in the morning, or read one day in the Bible, you're supposed to pray at night before you go to bed. Be intentional with the prayer. Be intentional with seeking God. Um, takeaways. Anybody? Are we tap out? Are we gonna go to the next one? Oh, oh I think we go. What can we remove from ourselves to be more more acceptable in God's eyes? Negativity. 
the negative third thoughts. Yes, negative thoughts. Yes. Our thoughts influence our actions. I could agree with the negative thoughts. I could also say the way I look at people sometimes. Sometimes I just look at people like just by all the stuff they say and not by who they are and not by actually who they actually are. Like, I'm still learning like what Pastor said about looking at people on the inside, not from the outside. That's I definitely gotta be more intentional about how I communicate and how I say things and how I just honestly being more intentional for every step I say like like I said, as I mean motives and looking at my intentions and being honest with God and not living a life where I'm putting up the front and cover up to show up. Amen. That being said, I don't got enough for y'all unless y'all got something to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to Toss and Talk where we toss in topics and talk about it. You know, always live in the moment. Stay true to yourself. Be blessed and, you know, stay tuned. Follow us on Toss and Talk Podcast, you know, on Instagram and on Facebook for the older people. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. But, Enjoy and have a good week. Live in the moment and just be blessed and love y'all. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you wanna you wanna add on to anything we said, hit us up in the Toss and Talk DMs and Gary wants to say something. Stay holy folks. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Toss and Talk. You guys have a blessed day. We're out. I do believe often is one thing Pastor was saying and all of us were leading to say is often we complicate our walk with God. That God has come to make our walk easier, can come to make our life easier. And that often we overthink and we let society and also let we have to be, you know, we're supposed to follow his standard and his example. But he guides us and leads us. And what's so perfect is God is so intentional about how he connects and talks to us and how he leads each and every one of us. He's so intentional. So if he's so intentional, why am I stressing so much? That is, yes, it's a lifestyle following Jesus and then bowing out to me. Yes, it's hard, but God makes it easy. He gives us the strength to endure. And we feel like, I don't know how to change my life. I don't know how to, just you acknowledging that you want something different. God can take that little bit and make a lot of it. I know that sounds like why Jesus words, but God can take that little seed of faith and turn that into an entire tree. He can turn that seed into an entire tree. He can grow that seed just as you acknowledging that you want to change. And you know he can put that change inside of you. And you want to follow the example he has set for us to follow. That to me is beautiful. And that is how we come. That's when we complicate that. Because we think that I have to be so perfect when I go before God. That if we would just come to God as we are, the song Freedom Looks Good on Me, Freedom Looks Good on You by Maverick City literally says, Take me from where I am into your promised land. Yes, God, take me from where I am. Take me from the pit. But I acknowledge that you are my Lord and Savior and that you can change me, that I want something different in my life, and I'm willing to go where you want me to go for the works of your glory and your will and your way. Acknowledgement is just acknowledging and just accepting God and making that confession of faith, and God will take that faith and make it into a tree. He will grow it, 
however you want to say it, he will grow it. That is the whole message today. And what we're all like leading this day for this whole year is that our life doesn't have to be as complicated as it is. And me saying that doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. And you're not going to have times where you feel like you want to throw in the towel. But God will give us the strength. He will give us the power. He will give us everything we need to go through. And he gives us everything we need for each and every day. He's given us what we need. I just have to trust and hold on to his unchanging hand. So be more intentional. And me, myself, I am trying to be exactly more intentional about how I talk to God, how I get in a relationship with him. And it's not just a one-and-thing-done type of process. Our relationship with God in this process is an ever-so-going process because we're going to make it mess up. We're going to fall. But God has made it easier for us to go through life because he knows we're going to fall. But he gives us the strength to be stronger when we get back up. That's the beauty. And this is why I love what we do. And I love y'all. And if you ever feel like you're losing your sense of gravity and you just pray to God, talk to God. And don't be afraid to reach out for help. That's the big thing. Don't be afraid to reach out and admit that you need someone. Because we all need somebody. And I believe that God has called all of us to be a resource to the people around us to connect and make community and fellowship and be there for not just the good time, but the bad times so that we can be there for each other. Trusting in God and letting God lead the way, but also being there for each other and being a resource to the source who has created us, who has been so intentional about being our God and being a good father to all of us who has blessed us and has given us such an amazing life. He's always blessed us with an amazing life. Find little ways and find little pieces to to enjoy of life. Find those little trinkets of life to hold on to and enjoy because that's what gets you through. And thank God for the little things. That's what gets you through in the hard times. Just thank God that you have a life and that my journey is my journey and that God has prepared me for this situation, for this timing, because God is intentional about everything he does. God has a plan and a will that works out for his glory because God's never going to put me in a position that will destroy me but it will prepare me and it will make me into who he wants me to be. So don't ever feel alone because it's a song I was listening to. It reminds me. It's a song I listened to called Psalms 23. I think it's called People's, People's Group. They, they sang it and they said, I am not alone. He always guides me through mountains and valleys. Let the Lord guide you. And if you ever feel alone, don't afraid to reach out. Don't forget to, to subscribe and connect with us on Toss and Talk Podcast on Facebook, Toss and Talk on Instagram, and now Toss and Talk Podcast on TikTok. Tickety Talk Talk Talk. All on TikTok, Instagram, 
and Facebook. Alright now, y'all be safe. Say sanctified. Holy Ghost filled. It was a mighty burning fire. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh yes. Oh yes. Let me stop. But y'all have a good day and God be with you. Love y'all. What's up, guys? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toss and Talk. We thank you so much for your viewership, and and you are what makes Toss and Talk possible every single week. Don't forget to stay connected and follow us on Instagram at, at Toss and Talk. And remember to always live in the moment and enjoy the view. This is Nick signing out. Have a blessed day.